Welcome to Ikoyi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. Today I would like to quickly speak on the theme for the youth week, which is something that we've, um, we've been talking about, we've been listening to the word of God concerning us, my utmost for his highest. And our text, the theme, the text for um, the youth week is Philippians chapter 1, verse 20 to 21, which I believe a lot of us will be familiar with by now. I'd like us to just quickly open our Bibles to that text. Philippians 1.20 says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Praise God. Let's also turn our Bibles to Philippians chapter 3 verse 8. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Praise God. I'd like us to open to Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1 to 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Verse 2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Praise God. Now, we're going to learn from the life of Paul. Apostle Paul is someone that went through a lot as a Christian. And in these days where we, especially as young people, we tend to, we want everything to go on well. We're very busy with one thing or the other. Where you know we're we're easily distracted. There are lots of things that can distract us. We have our jobs, we have our businesses, we have um, either our marriages if you're married, or relationships if you're you know on the way to being married. You have children. You have so many hopes. You have so many dreams. You have so many aspirations. It's very easy for us to lose focus. It's very easy for us to become frustrated. And for us to begin to ask God questions when we get to the point where things are not going the way we expect. It's amazing that the book of Philippians, this first chapter, was written by Paul in in prison. He was in prison. Yet, this chapter has so much excitement, so much joy, so much exuberance, you know. And I'm wondering, the first time I went through it, I said... I mean, he was in prison, but it's all about, I thank God, I'm joyful, I'm grateful to God, I'm encouraged. And I said, there must be something that Paul had that we don't have today that makes a lot of us easily get frustrated when things are not going the way we planned. 
I don't think Paul planned that he would be in prison and he would be writing these letters. Probably at the point when he had the encounter with God. His plan was that I'm going to go out and I'm going to preach the gospel. We all know about the missionary journeys from our CRK, I think primary six or something, you know, and he had hopes. But here he was in prison, in chains, and he had to be writing letters to encourage the people that were probably waiting for him to come back to minister to them. And what the Paul say? In verse 20, he started by saying, my earnest expectation. And my question for us this evening is, what is your earnest expectation? What is that one thing that matters so much to you? We all have expectations. Expectations that are related to our circumstances. If you have a health challenge, your expectation is that you will get healed, right? Right? Sorry, I'm a Sunday school teacher, so I'm used to, I'm not used to preaching. I'm used to an interactive setting. You know, so if you have, if you have exams to write, your expectation is that you will come out in flying colors. You know, you want to get married, your expectation is that you will marry the man that God has for you. There are so many expectations we have. We want to get promoted. We want to get a fantastic job. We want to be our own CEO one day. And all these expectations, sometimes they conflict. They get to a point where they're conflicting. And all of them are you know, looking for our attention. And Paul said, my NX expectation. His NX expectation was that he was going to honor God in all circumstances, whether it involved life or death. What is your NX expectation? What is that one thing that matters to you above everything else? That matters to you above that prison-like situation that you find yourself? What is that one thing that you can survive every other thing for? What is that one thing that if you get it, if you get a hold of it, then indeed you have found fulfillment in life? What is your NX expectation? Is giving honor, is giving glory to God your NX expectation? Do you desire it above everything else in life? Above your family, above your career, above your business, your health, your relationships, your education, your position, your experience, your possessions. Do you deserve to honor God above every other thing? Have we gotten to a point where we can say, God, if only you are honored in my life, every other thing doesn't matter. Paul said, my earnest expectation is that I will not be ashamed. When I read that verse... What God laid in my heart was not that, was that Paul was not saying that he would not see shame. Paul was already in a shameful situation. He was already in prison. He was already in chains. What is more shameful than that? But Paul was saying, God, even in this shameful situation I have found myself in, my earnest expectation is that I will not feel the shame. Nobody likes shame. Nobody likes to be embarrassed. Talk less of being in a shameful, disgraceful situation. Everybody avoids shame. What is shame? My dictionary tells me that shame is a painful feeling of humiliation, a loss of self-respect or esteem, embarrassment, disgrace, disrepute, discredit, scandal, etc. That is shame. So what is your own shameful situation today? Is it the loss of a job? Have you worked so hard and put in so much effort, so much energy, and at the end of the day, someone else was picked over you when you know that you deserve to be there? Is it a health situation that you have battled with, you have spent money on, and it has become a stigma? Okay? Are you getting older and you're not yet married? 
I'm talking to young people. These are the challenges that face us every day. And you're looking at the clock and it's ticking. It's 35, it's 36, it's 37. You're almost 40. Everybody's getting married. Even your school daughter has gotten married. And you're wondering, God, I can't face this embarrassment anymore. Is he a job? You went to school. You came out with good grades. The people that are working in Total and are working in MTN, they are not better than you. In fact, the people that even went to school and were cheating are even the ones that have a job today. And you're thinking, God, take away this reproach. Take away the shame from me. What is that situation? But today, the word of God, the encouragement we have today from the life of Paul is that we need to get to a point where we can say, God, I want the shame to go away. But much more importantly, even in this shameful situation, I want your name to be glorified. I'm going to put aside everything that is going to make me feel too ashamed to glorify your name. Sometimes shame is caused by when you do something wrong. Sometimes it's caused by being perceived foolish. Maybe you've done something foolish. And that feeling alone is enough to make us shy away. Nobody wants to be called foolish. Nobody wants to be seen as, um, as the person that is not sharp. You're not wise. You're not smart. But guess what? Paul knew that people would be looking at him and say, you say you have a God and you're in prison. You say you have a God and you're here in chains. Hey, tell your God, you know, like the, um, the, the murderer on the cross was telling Jesus, tell your God to come and save you. You have a God and all the brothers in church, no one has come to marry you. None of the sisters have seen you. You have a God. You are a Christian and you have written icon a hundred times. You say you have a God and you still don't have a job. They are promoting everybody. They are not promoting you. You say you have a God. Maybe you're married. You don't have a child. And these are the things that face us every day. So Paul was in that situation, but guess what? Paul did not mind. He did not mind. Not that he did not want to be free. If you go to verse 19 of that same Philippians chapter 1, I think Paul was saying there that, For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Paul wanted to be delivered. So I'm not saying it's wrong for us to desire these things. But we need to get to a point where we need, we we shouldn't let the devil shift our focus from the things that truly matter. When we say I'm giving my utmost for his highest, it means everything. I'm giving my shameful situation. I'm giving that thing that, you know, that, that makes me, look like I'm I'm nobody. I'm giving up all those things because I want your name and your name alone to be glorified in my life. Paul had a vision. He had an understanding. He knew where he was going. It didn't matter to him. I'm in chains. eh? But what is my calling? Is my calling for me to be free or is my calling for me to preach the word of God? And he preached the word of God even right there in his chains. He encouraged people. I know it would sound a lot nicer if you come here and say, let us stand up and let us pray and say, God, take away this reproach. But we need to get to a point where we can say, God, even in this situation, I will serve you. Even right here, where I am feeling like I'm a nobody, I will still allow your name to be glorified. Philippians 1.29 says, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Sorry to bust your bubbles today. If you're the kind of Christian that I was years back, when I felt that if, if I do good, nothing bad happens to me. If 
I read my books, I pass my exams. I go early to work, I do my job, I get promoted. That was my idea of Christianity until God taught me some hard truths. And he said, things may not always go that way, but guess what? It doesn't mean I am not in that situation. It doesn't mean you can, I cannot be glorified even in that situation. We need to get to a point where we realize that suffering is a reality we must accept and we must prepare for as Christians. This is something that we don't talk about enough. We like to talk about the rosy things. But how about that nagging situation that has not yet let go? Should we now chase after that situation so much that we forget that God has a purpose and a calling and a vision for our lives? What is that your earnest expectation? That thing that is more important than everything else. That thing that you will continue to pursue and you will continue to seek after. Is it knowing God? Is it loving God? Is it serving him? Is it preaching his word? What is that thing that you don't mind? That you will not let shame deprive you of? First Peter 4.16 says, However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear his name. And I kept on saying to God, can I praise you even in that my situation? You know, it's easy for you to go through something and years later you say, oh God, I thank you that I went through that thing. But how much more, how about praising God right there in that situation and saying, God, this thing may not have gone the way I want, but you will be glorified even in this situation. Paul said, my earnest expectation is that I will not be ashamed but I will have sufficient courage. It's time for us to say, God, even if I want this situation to leave me, most importantly, I want the courage to stand for you and to live for you right here that I am, right in this situation that I am, that I am in. I want your name to still be glorified. He asks God for boldness. He asks God for sufficient courage. We need the courage to dare to be different. In a perverse generation, where black is being called white, where things that are bad are beginning to look good, where, we, where every, you know, we're beginning to make excuses, we're beginning to use logic to reason scriptures, we need the courage to be different. We need the courage to stand out. We need the courage to say no to hustling. What is hustling? Hustling is... I am willing to do whatever it takes. No, we are Christians. We are children of God. We have a manual. We have a standard to live by. We are not willing to do whatever it takes. We are only willing to do what God wants us to do. We need that courage, and that is what we should be asking for as young people to say. Say, Lord, give me the courage to stand out. Give me the courage to be different. Give me the courage to say no when I have to say no. It might be shameful. It might be embarrassing. It might be difficult. It might be tough. But I want to be able to say no. Give me the courage to resist the pressure of the world and to stand for Christ even when I appear foolish. There are some things that have become so grayish. You know in Revelation, the letters to the, 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 letters to the churches, and I can't remember the exact scripture that said, if you are neither hot nor cold, I wish you were hot or cold. If you are neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. There is no sitting on the fence in Christianity. We are just here. We are just joking. We are just playing. We are just feeling like life is a bed of roses. It is not a bed of roses. It is a matter of life and death. Paul said, for me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. He was ready to die because he knew that there was something bigger than death. What is that thing that is more important to you than death? And then we have come to a point where eh, we just, we want to blend. We don't want to stand out. 
Everybody doesn't have to know I'm a Christian. I know I'm a Christian. I'm serving God in my heart. And we're getting confused. We're letting the devil creep into our values as Christians. Growing up, some things were very clear. Growing up as a young Christian, it was obvious. You're a Christian. You're expected to get married without having, as a virgin, not having slept with anybody. That is what was expected of you. But we get to a point now where we say, eh, he's still going to marry me, so it's really not a big deal. Growing up, it was clear. You go to an exam hall, you don't cheat. But now we say, eh, he was, I was only helping him. I wasn't, the, he was, I wasn't the one asking him. He was asking me. Now we say we are wise, we are smart. We are only being wise. We are only applying wisdom. Are you really sure that is wisdom? Any wisdom that is contrary to the word of God is foolishness. We are getting to a point where we say it's not, it's not adultery, it's not fornication, it's only pornography. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We are getting to a point where we say it's not stealing, I just took it. I'm going to return it. After all, it's something that is due me. My boss has been owing me. He's supposed to have paid me, but he hasn't paid me. I've worked. A laborer is worthy of his wages. We are quoting scriptures to back up the things that the devil is putting in our minds. And we are telling ourselves that we are just surviving. Praise the Lord. We are harboring unforgiveness. And we are saying, no, I'm not quarreling with how. I'm only just keeping my distance because I don't want to be disrespected. But deep down in our hearts, we know. The Holy Spirit is convicting us and is telling us, sister, brother, that is malice. You are quarreling. And you say, no, I'm not quarreling. I'm only respecting myself. We are being sharp, smart, wise. Outdoing other people. Those are the kind of people that survive in Nigeria these days. If you are not sharp, nothing for you. We're in relationship with unbelievers. Growing up as a Christian, I was taught that if I marry an unbeliever, the, father is my, the devil is my father-in-law. I don't know if you still hear messages like that these days. But all of a sudden, we're saying we want to convert them. Who are you converting? Are you the Holy Spirit? I will bring him to church. Through me, he will get to know Christ. And we're telling ourselves these lies because we want to fulfill the things that our flesh craves for. The things that we long to do that are contrary to scripture. We are telling ourselves these lies. We're telling ourselves I can drink a little for the stomach's sake. And we're giving ourselves all sorts of reasons why it is medically advisable. When the Holy Spirit is convicting you and telling you, you are not meant to be there. You are not supposed to be there. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. You have been called out of darkness to show for God's marvelous light. What are you doing going back to darkness? We're telling ourselves it's not really a lie. And we make statements and we, you know, you, you don't want to tell a lie. You. How many of you know that kind of statements? But you, you're just giving somebody the wrong impression. But you're not really telling a lie. We are beginning to conform. Gradually. We are getting to the point where God says, no, you are not supposed to be there. We need the courage. And my prayer is that at the end of this youth week, the Lord will grant us that courage. The courage to say no. 
The courage to say, God, whatever I have to lay down at the altar, whatever it takes, I'm going to give you my utmost. Everything, nothing will be more important than you in my life. Second Corinthians 7, 4 says, I have spoken to you with great frankness. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged. In all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. Fine, you're going through situations, difficult situations that nobody can understand but you. But Paul said, in my troubles, I am greatly encouraged. It's not an excuse. That is even when God wants to show forth his glory more. He wants our testimony to be greater. He wants us to be able to say, I went through that and the Lord delivered me. The Lord saved me. The Lord rescued me. I'm not saying that it's every negative situation that you're in, that it's the Lord that put you in that situation or wants you to be there. But I'm just saying that it should not distract us. We're hustling too much. We're too busy. Activity, every day, this and that. We don't have time for the things that really matter. But first of all, I guess I think the first thing we need to know is, what is that thing that really matters to you? What is that thing? If you know what is very important to you, then your priorities immediately rearrange. There is this thing recently that's been going around on social media that says, nobody is really busy. It all depends on... um, what is important or something like that. You you are not busy. You are not the busiest person in the world. It's because we haven't placed a value on our Christianity. We haven't placed a value on our calling, on our vision, on the work that God has sent us to do. That is why we have been busy. Ephesians 6, 19 to 20 says, says, Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I declare it fearlessly as I should. We need the courage to fearlessly speak the gospel of Christ. I know there are times we're in the midst of people and we don't want to sound like we are too spiritual. We don't want to sound like, eh, you know, everything you like to spiritualize everything. There are times when we just want to be careful. Okay, this is an office environment. I once worked in a place where uh, they said um, you, 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 you could not just, you couldn't talk about your religion. And then, of course, we had to be creative. If I'm going for lunch and I'm sitting down with my friends and I'm talking about uh, something that God did for me, but do we go out of our way or do we just accept things and fold our hands and say, it's not my fault, so that's the way it is. That is how everybody's doing it. And that is is the economy. Are we making excuses for the things that we should be asking God for the courage to stand out for? Paul said... My earnest expectation is that I will not be ashamed, but that I will have sufficient courage that Christ will be exalted. That was his earnest expectation. Paul had a clear understanding of his purpose. What is your purpose? What is that thing that God has created you for? That God has brought you to Lagos for? That God has brought you to Ikoi Baptist Church for? What is that thing, that one thing, that assignment he has for you that matters more than everything else is that Christ may be exalted in our lives. It doesn't matter if it's pleasant or not. If Christ is exalted in your life, everything will fall into place. And I pray that that will be our testimony in Jesus' name.
First Peter, sorry, Isaiah 43, 6-7 says, I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring back my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. God has created us for his glory. We need to show forth his glory. We need to be able to stand up and say, I am a child of God. I can't do this. I am a child of God. I have to do this. That is the only purpose for which we were created, to glorify God. If our light is not shining, how will men come to Christ? If we are hiding our light under a bushel, how will people see the light of God in us? How do we want to witness to people? How do we want to evangelize to people when there is nothing for them to see? The Bible says the world was backed up by signs and wonders. People need to see something. They need to see that you are proud of what you say you have before they can come and join you. Are you really proud? Are you proud to be a Christian? Are you proud to stand out? Are you proud to be the only one that is different? He said that Christ may be exalted. Whether by life or by dirt. This is a scripture that I've seen several times. But this time around, when I looked at this scripture, I said, God. Paul was saying that I don't know where this journey is going to take me. I may die in prison. I may survive it. But most importantly, Christ should be exalted. Wherever this journey takes me. The Christian race is characterized by so many uncertainties. You don't know where tomorrow is going to take you. We only have our trust and our faith in God. That he that began the good work in us, he's faithful to do what? To complete it. So there are times when you can't lay your hand on the total picture. You don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. Sometimes you're wondering, this God I'm really serving, is he even really benefiting me in any way? It has been how many years? It has been so long. But Paul said that Christ may be exalted. Whether it goes the way I want or it goes the way I don't please, the most important thing is that I'm living for Christ. I'm living a life that glorifies God. It's not about having the full picture of our journey, but it's our conviction and our belief in God's ability. It's knowing that there is a God that has promised to see us through. He's knowing that there is a God that will not let me be put to shame, even in this situation, even in this shameful situation. There is a God that can take me to places that my intelligence, that my education, that my career, that my, my, my qualifications can never take me. And it is that God that I am serving and I'm totally depending on. It is that God I'm living for. Paul was so convinced of his assignment that he didn't really care. He had a vision that was bigger than him. We need to have a vision that is bigger than us. A vision that is bigger than our ego, that is bigger than our pride, that is bigger than our self-esteem, that is bigger than everything. We should be able to give it all to God. We should have a vision. When we say our utmost, your everything, every single thing, we need to have a vision. We need to know that this is one thing that is more important. There is nothing I cannot sacrifice for it. Life with all its uncertainties can feel overwhelming. But we can trust God 
to take us every step of the way, one day at a time. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flames shall not consume you. We're not saying we should just go on suffering, suffering, suffering because we are Christians. No. We're saying that we have, we are seeing something that nobody else is seeing. And that is why we're willing to stand for that thing. You can imagine the Muslims, when they go out there and they get killed or they kill themselves, whatever, suicide bombers, for the sake of something they believe. Do you know why? Because they are seeing something that you're not seeing. That is why you can call them foolish. They are seeing something else. In their own eyes, they are seeing a wisdom that is beyond the foolishness you are seeing. What are you seeing? Are you seeing something that will make you say, God, whatever it takes. You see this heaven, I don't want to miss it. You see this calling, it must be fulfilled in my life. You see this purpose, you see these lives, they must be touched, they must be reached. You see these souls, they must be worn. You see my talents, my giftings, all you've given me, I must use it for your glory because I'm seeing something that nobody else is seeing. What are you seeing? Matthew 6, 31 to 33 says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. So don't say, eh, I, I, You know, God knows we have these needs. We know that in all things, that all things, God works together for what? For the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. They are going to fall into place. We may not know how, but they will. But all God requires from us is to focus our attention on the things that really matter. There is a song that, you know, I like to encourage myself with. Whenever I get to a point where I'm feeling very overwhelmed... And I'm feeling like, where exactly am I going? A song that helps me to trust God. It says, one day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking from you. Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. Lord, help me today, show me the way, one day at a time. That is all God expects from us. Let's trust him for today. It can be challenging. I agree it can be difficult. There are situations that I go to and I say, God, and I think of Paul. I think of all the apostles. I said, how did they even survive all that one? This one, I'm tired, I'm fed up. But God keeps saying, you don't know what tomorrow will be. 
Trust me for today. Live for me today. Let me be glorified in your life today. And your tomorrow is secure in me. Paul said, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more. Gladly about my weakness. So that Christ may have rest on me. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works. So that no one can boast. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even the youths, please join me and say, even the youths, shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. I don't know if somebody's excited to hear these encouraging words. I don't know if somebody is saying, God, today, just as I'm getting to the point where I feel like I can't take it anymore, I am reassured that if I live for you, that if I stand for you, that if I allow Christ to be exalted in my life, I am sure that my end is in you. And I have a hope of a future that I cannot give myself. Isaiah 41 says, Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my, right, with my righteous right hand. That is our portion today in Jesus' name. So I would just like to ask, are you going through a situation that is distracting you? Are you going through something that has the tendencies to derail you from the cross? I'd like us to just talk to God today. And I'd like us to say, Lord, there is nothing more important than you. For there is no higher calling, no greater honor than to bow and kneel before your throne. Let's stand on our feet as we talk to God and tell him there is no higher calling. I'm amazed at your glory I'm embraced by your mercy Oh Lord
make a decision to live our lives to worship God? Can we make a decision and say like Paul, that my earnest expectation is that Christ will be exalted in my life, that Christ will be exalted in my job, that Christ will be exalted in my business, that Christ will be exalted in my family, that Christ will be exalted in my relationship. Can we say, Lord, there is no higher calling. There is nothing more important than you in this life. Even if the walls come crumbling down, even if I'm not happy about my situation today, but I'm going to live for you. I'm going to stand for you. I refuse to feel the shame that seems to be threatening to overwhelm me. Lord, it doesn't matter what people say. I will say no when I should say no. I will say yes when I should say yes. I will stand firm and I will give you all the glory. Even in that situation, I'm willing to be different. I'm willing to be laughed at. I'm willing to be mocked at. I'm willing to be the odd one out in the group just because your name must be glorified in my life. I want us to talk to God. I want us to make a commitment today it's easy to say my utmost for his highest it's easy to say God I'm going to give you all but I want us to just talk to God today and say I need the courage I need the strength Lord you said you will be with me you said you will uphold me with your right hand you said you will never leave me nor forsake me you said you are with me even until the end of the age Lord you said that when I walk through the waters they will not drown me when I walk through the fire it will not burn me Lord I'm holding on to your word today and I say give me the grace to dare to be different. For there is no higher calling, no greater honor than to bow and kneel before your us to just take this confession together as one body as the church of Christ I would like us to say today I confess that I will put God first in all that I do I will not be ashamed to be identified as a Christian I will give whatever it takes for God to be glorified in my life and in the world around me I will be bold to speak God's word and live by his standard at all times. I will joyfully bear all persecution that I may encounter as a result of living for God. I will live a fulfilling and purposeful Christian life. I will finish strong. I will obey his instructions and I will trust him every step of the way. I will give my utmost for his highest. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed. Ikoi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at 5-7 Latif Jakande Road in Ikoi of Lagos State, Nigeria. 
You can find us on Facebook as Ikoi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 0163-20485 and 0163-20486. For more information, please visit the church website at www.ikoibaptistchurch.org. We look forward to having you back next week.